Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week, I thought we could review the recent ASEP clinical policy on the management of acute venous thromboembolism, or VTE. The evaluation and management of VTE in the emergency department is fraught with questions. Who should I evaluate? Who should get a D-dimer? What should the D-dimer threshold be? And so many more. Answers, unfortunately, are far less common. Due to the enormous volume of literature produced on the topic, it can be difficult for individual clinicians to incorporate all of that information into a comprehensive approach. The ASEP Policy Subcommittee has taken this job on for the rest of us. The clinical policy addresses five clinical questions, but it does so over 51 pages. We're going to boil that down a bit. For these recommendations, they use different classes of evidence. We'll review these really quick. Level A recommendations are generally accepted principles for patient care that reflect a high degree of clinical certainty. Level B recommendations for patient care that may identify a particular strategy or range of strategies that reflect moderate clinical certainty. And then finally, level C recommendations are recommendations for patient care that are based on evidence from class of evidence three studies or in the absence of any adequate published literature based on expert consensus. So let's take that to critical question number one. In adult patients with suspected PE, can a clinical prediction rule be used to identify a group of patients at very low risk for the diagnosis of PE for whom no additional diagnostic workup is required? ASIP gives a single level B recommendation for patients who are a low risk for acute PE, use the PERC to exclude the diagnosis without further diagnostic testing. A number of blog posts have looked at the PERC score developed by Jeff Klein in 2004. Prior to using this tool, the clinician must first establish that the patient is low risk for the diagnosis of PE. The initial pretest probability is often stated at 15%, though many of the studies have a much lower incidence of PE, somewhere around 5 to 6%. Overall, if the PE risk is less than 10% or around 10% for your patient, a negative PERC brings the patient down to a 1.9% risk. This risk is below the testing threshold, meaning that further evaluation is more likely to produce harm in the patient than provide any benefit. The proper trial, an RCT of PERC versus standard assessment, was not included in this clinical policy because it came out in 2018. This RCT demonstrated a very low risk of PE occurrence in low-risk patients who were negative by PERC. 0.1% versus 0% in the group that didn't have the PERC score applied. Additionally, imaging was reduced by 10% in this study with application of the PERC criteria. Some key things to remember when applying the PERC rule. Do not apply this to patients with no risk or high risk of PE based on your clinical assessment. And be sure that you're using the rule in its entirety. It's better to use a decision support program like MD-Calc as opposed to simply relying on your memory. Critical question number two, in adult patients with low to intermediate pretest probability for acute PE, does a negative age-adjusted D-dimer result identify a group of patients at very low risk for the diagnosis of PE whom no other additional diagnostic workup is required? Again, ASEP gives a level B recommendation here. In patients older than 50 years deemed to be low or intermediate risk for acute PE, clinicians may use a negative age-adjusted D-dimer result to exclude the diagnosis of PE. When used correctly, the D-dimer assay can be a valuable tool in risk-stratifying patients in whom PE is a possibility. Though specificity of the test is poor, a normal D-dimer level virtually rules the diagnosis out. However, as patients age, higher baseline circulating levels of D-dimer are the norm. 
Therefore, the static cutoff of 500 FEU or 250 DDU, depending on which assay you have, may be inappropriate. Raising the D-dimer threshold with age thus can help to increase specificity of the test and reduce unnecessary advanced imaging. Numerous studies demonstrate the safety of age-adjusting the D-dimer. This approach has been endorsed by the American College of Physicians and the European Society of Cardiology. For assays using FEUs with a cutoff of 500, age adjustment is performed by multiplying the patient's age times 10 and using this number as the upper limit of normal. So if you have an 85-year-old patient, you would have an age-adjusted cutoff of 850 FEUs. These guidelines additionally endorse using age adjustment of age times 5 for the DDU assay, the one that has a standard cutoff of 250 DDUs. This recommendation is based off of a single study by Giaconelli in 2017, which we've reviewed previously on CoreM. Though a number of clinicians we have spoken with already embrace age adjusting with the DDU assay, the presence of this in the ASEP guideline provides important support to this approach. This brings us to critical question number three. In adult patients with subsegmental PE, is it safe to withhold anticoagulation? ASEP gives a level C recommendation. Given the lack of evidence, anticoagulation treatment decisions for patients with subsegmental PE without associated DVT should be guided by individual patient risk and preferences. Multiple studies in recent years show that while more patients are being diagnosed with PE, those diagnoses and subsequent treatments have not changed overall patient outcomes. Advances in imaging technology may be to blame in part as smaller and smaller clots are able to be seen, but increased workups are at least equally, if not more, responsible for this trend. Some small studies have shown an absence of bad outcomes in patients with isolated subsegmental PE without DVT, but these studies are inadequate to base a broad recommendation on. This brings us to critical question number four. In adult patients diagnosed with acute PE, is initiation of anticoagulation and discharge from the ED safe? Again, we get a level C recommendation here. Selected patients with acute PE who are at low risk for adverse outcomes as determined by PESI, simplified PESI, or the HESTIA criteria may be safely discharged from the ED on anticoagulation with close outpatient follow-up. A number of countries outside the U.S. routinely discharge hemodynamically stable patients from the ED on anticoagulation. In the past, reliance on unfractionated or low molecular weight heparin with transition to a vitamin K antagonist often necessitated admission. However, the advent of novel oral anticoagulants like rivaroxaban and apixaban and dabigatran have changed this paradigm. Patients can now be started on a NOAC and rapidly achieve appropriate anticoagulation. The key is to identify patients who are at a low risk for decompensation. Clinicians typically use the SPESI or the HESTIA scores in order to aid in these decisions. The safety outcomes of interest, recurrent VTE, major hemorrhage, or death were comparable between those treated as inpatients and those treated as outpatients across the included studies. Unfortunately, the level C recommendation in this clinical policy is unlikely to be strong enough to lead to a marked shift from admission to discharge home. Further research is necessary, but for now, careful selection of patients for outpatient management along with close follow-up should be considered. Shared decision-making with patients may be helpful as well. And finally, critical question number five. In adult patients diagnosed with acute lower extremity DVT who are discharged from the ED, is treatment with a NOAC safe and effective compared with treatment with low molecular weight heparin and a vitamin K antagonist? ASEP makes a level B and a level C recommendation here. 
Level B recommendation, in selected patients diagnosed with acute DVT, a NOAC may be used as a safe and effective treatment alternative to low molecular weight heparin and a vitamin K antagonist. And the level C recommendation, selected patients with acute DVT may be safely treated with a NOAC and directly discharged from the ED. While the low molecular weight heparin vitamin K antagonist approach to DVT treatment is tried and true, it is complicated by requiring frequent INR testing and dietary restrictions. Many patients spend significant periods of time outside of the therapeutic window, both over and under anticoagulated. The NOACs appear to have solved this problem. The studies we have on the drug show non-inferiority to the other approach with reduced major bleeding and non-major bleeding. Most patients can be started on this drug, although the Zabans are contraindicated at differing renal function levels. Though only a level C recommendation is given for discharge from the ED, this is routine care for most patients. Before we go, let's hit some take-home points. Number one, PERC risk stratifies low-risk PE patients to a level low enough as to obviate the need for additional testing. Number two, age-adjusted D-dimers are ready for use, and it doesn't matter if your assay has the FEUs with a cutoff of 500 or DDUs with a cutoff of 250. For FEUs, use an upper limit of 10 times age, and for DDU, use an upper limit of 5 times age. For now, subsegmental PE should continue to be routinely anticoagulated, even in the absence of a DVT, but keep an eye out for more research in this area. Number four, although outpatient management of select PE patients using SPESI or HESTIA may be standard practice in other countries, the evidence wasn't strong enough for ASEP to give it its support. And then finally, patients with DVT can be started on a NOAC and discharged from the ED. That's all for the CoreM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google+, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.